Hey, well, we are in for a treat this morning, church. I don't know if you've jumped ahead and looked on new version at our event for today, but we've got two new voices speaking at our 9am and then our 11am services. And, uh, and so this morning at 9am, we've got the one and only Anna Cox coming to bring us the word. And, uh, and then at 11am, we've got the incredible Jason Cookle bringing the word. And so if you were planning on going home and getting an early start for lunch, stick around and uh, you get a double dose this morning from two of our incredible brand new new voices and so I don't want to take any more of Anna's time. I want you to put your hands together and welcome our youth director, Anna Cox, to come and preach the word this morning. So look out. Awesome. Thank you so much, church. Let's stay standing just for a moment. Close your eyes. Just reach your hands to heaven. There's such an amazing atmosphere here. And I just believe that where we're going this morning is really going to shift something in your world. God, there is none like you. There is none like you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that there is nothing you cannot do. That you declared the end from the beginning. With one word, you spoke, spoke the whole world into being. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you, Lord. Oh, I feel like sometimes we just need to say that over our situation, over our circumstances. We're going to be speaking about finances this morning. And I think we just need to remember that there is none like Him, right? So God, as we come around this Word, as we come around this time of hearing from You, we just declare that there is none like You. There is nothing You cannot do. We are so grateful for your presence in this place that you're not a God who sits on a throne and rules from afar, Lord God, but you're a God who wants to be with us, close by. You promise to never leave us nor forsake us, but you are with us through every situation. So we thank you. We honour you. And we're just so excited for what you're going to speak into our worlds this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Who's pumped to be here this morning? It's such an honour to, to speak to you. Thank you, worship team. Aren't they awesome? I'm so biased because I'm one of them. But give them, give them some love, right? So as you guys can be seated, thank you so much. Um, as Pastor John mentioned, my name is Anna. Um, my husband Shane and I, we run the youth department at the church here, which is so awesome. We are just so excited by um, the young people in our church. We have an amazing team who just love the kids so much. We had um, an Italian night on Friday night, which was absolutely epic. We had about 25 kids and half, almost half of them were first-time visitors. Um, so we have a bunch of youth in our church who are just so on fire and so keen and so excited to see their friends come to know Jesus. So keep praying for us. Keep praying for the young people because they're the they're the future of our church, right? Um, but anyway, so I 
am one of the youth leaders. Uh, you've probably, if you've been around before, you've probably seen me before because I'm often on stage worship leading. So I'm no stranger to the stage, but I'm a bit of a stranger to preaching. So this is really exciting. I'm so honoured to be able to share the word with you this morning. I'm so grateful to Pastor Bruce and Pastor Julie for this opportunity. And like I said, I'm just so believing that this word is going to shift something for someone here, probably for a lot of people here, because we finances is a bit of a taboo in our culture. Talking about it um, is not something that we do often, even though we kind of, um, it sort of makes our lives, our lives tick around. We go to work, we, um, we make the money to pay the bills, to go back to work, to pay the more bills and buy more stuff. And, but yet it's not appropriate for me to go and ask someone how much they earn or um, how much is their bank account. It's, it's weird because it's such a thing that all of us um, like it, it has a big impact on all of us, yet we don't really talk about it. So I'm actually so grateful that we're spending this whole month talking about finances because I really believe that um, it is something that can have a bit of a vice over our lives. And I, we know that the more we give to God, the more, the more we release to Him, the more He releases in our lives. And I feel like our money is one of the things that we find that as humans and as our culture a little bit hard to let go of. So I really believe that this message and where we're going this morning is really going to shift something in someone's lives. And if this is something we can nail, it's going to unlock things in other aspects of our lives, not just our wallets, right? So anyway, if you have your Bible here this morning, um, we're going to turn to Psalm 23. At youth, we always say we bring a word, a mate and something to note take. So hopefully you've got at least two of those things here. Don't be afraid to bring a mate to church. It's awesome. Church isn't just for us. Um, But if you've got your Bible, please turn to Psalm 23. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. But it starts off, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So good. So for some of you guys who were here last week, that might sound a bit familiar to you. Pastor Bruce... um, preached on Psalm 23 verse 1 and when he pre- when he shared that last week I was literally like oh my gosh out of all the verses you could pick you picked the one that I had on my heart that I was going to preach on I don't preach very often everyone's going to think I copied the senior minister what's going on like ah but I quickly shut down those thoughts because obviously there's something in this scripture that someone needs to hear I always say um, I have the awesome privilege of running our youth worship team um, at the moment before I hand it on to one of our other young guns later in this year watch this space um, and I always say to them if we're listening to the same spirit there's a good chance that he's going to be saying the same things to us. So obviously Pastor Bruce and I are listening to the same Holy Spirit and there's something going, something good going on. <laughs> so finances, money, dollar, dollar bills or coins because we're in Australia so we don't have dollar bills. Um, but like I said, it's a little bit of a, a taboo subject. Um, and in our culture we do have such, and I've noticed we have a bit of an unhealthy attraction to money. Is anyone... Like, am I my own? 
No, no, no. Okay, see, it's a little bit of an awkward subject to talk about. <laughs> Case in point right there. <laughs> um, and it's often the one thing that we're not quite willing to let go of. So the title of my message this morning is Six Revelations You Need to Have to Help Shift Your Finances. Let me say that again. Six revelations you need to have. So little disclaimer, this is not a six-step program to financial excellence. It's not strategies to, I don't have the strategies. If you want strategies and practical tips, go buy the Barefoot Investor. Or like Pastor John said, stay around for the 11 because I guarantee you Jason's better at this than I am. He's got a little bit more life experience with finances and investment and all that. Um, But the revelations that we have are not necessarily practical tips to help us unlock things in our world, um, but shifts in our attitude and our focus that help to change things. And you actually get a little bit of a bonus preach today. So lucky you, congratulations for coming. Um, because if you apply this message to your life, I totally believe that this will also begin to unlock other areas of freedom in your relationships, your workplace, your mental health, your emotional health. This giving things to God actually unlocks a massive blessing in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, it says, Glorify God with all your wealth. Honouring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension, say every dimension. A little bit more enthusiasm, come on. Every dimension. Yeah, there we go. Of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So right there, honouring God with our wealth and what we have, our finances, our money, our earnings, actually has a direct link to overwhelming joy and blessings in all areas of our life. So I've read Barefoot Investor. I've had a date night. One of them, because husband's not so on board. (laughs) It's great. It's a great step, but you know, you have to, it's a two, two to tango. <laughs> we set up our buckets. We've got these things going on, but I'm telling you, you can have every single financial strategy in the world, but without the revelations that we're going to unpack in this scripture in Psalm 23, we will forever be robbing ourselves of the heavenly abundance and freedom that we have access to through God. All right. So are you ready? Strap in. We're going to go on a bit of a journey. It's going to be fun. But revelation number one, if you're taking notes today, take these down. Really easy. I'm going to repeat them. Revelation one is be content. Say content. Content. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have this devotional book at home that we'd go through every night um, around the dinner table and it would have like a little catch word. And the one for content, um, one, one of them was for content and we had this girl at our house and w- what our family did was we made up a little action to go with the word to, um, to help us remember what it was. And for her, um, she, well, she like helped us out because she was visiting and content was, ah, oh. does everyone do that? Ah. Oh. You just get to rest, you're happy, you're chill, you're sweet, content, be content. Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. So I'm getting pretty close to becoming a gold member at Country Road. Um, so for, just for those of you playing at home that we add with these, um, online stores or just general retail stores, you kind of have a membership system and the more money you spend, the more up the tiers you go. So, and with the cost of their products, it's not hard to cycle through the tiers, but anyway, it's, 
I, I like, I'm good at spending money, okay? <laughs> so, but in today's day and age, uh, uh, sales, right? <laughs> sales. In today's day and age, it is with, and everything we're exposed to, it is so easy to want. Yeah, is anyone with me? It's so easy to want. I'm sure you wouldn't have to think very, very hard about your want list. If you all just like flick our brain somewhere else, it's like, oh yeah, there's that new car I want, or maybe that new house. Not a bad thing. New Xbox, virtual reality gaming system. Why? Um, maybe it's some new shoes, or maybe it's a new makeup, or um, maybe it's a new kitchen appliance, or something, I don't know, golf clubs. People have weird hobbies, I don't know. You, I'm sure you can think of what something that you want. And it's not bad to have a want list. Like, it's not bad to have a want list. But if we can't be content without these things, we will never be content with them. Let me say that again. If we can't be content without things, we won't be content with them. There's not a magical fix that if I get this, then I'll be happy. Because then you want the next thing and you'll never be happy. Matthew chapter 19, um, Jesus meets this guy, this rich man who comes up to him and says, what do I do to get into heaven? You might be familiar with this story. Um, this is a guy who did all the right things. He loved God, loved people, served God, served people, followed all the commandments, you know. Um, but Jesus said to him, if you want to go to heaven, you have to sell everything you have, give it to the poor and then follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. And this dude went away really sad. And this prompted Jesus to say to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Has anyone heard that before? Yeah. But in that, I really don't believe that Jesus is saying rich people can't go to heaven. That's so not true. But if we get caught up on wanting stuff and not just content with wanting him, then we will never be content. And we will never be able to fully let go and let God rule in our lives. So this rich man had an issue with his stuff and not just following Jesus. If we can shift our focus from what we don't have to what we do have and what God continually gives us, then that will be a massive step towards ruling our finances and possessions and not letting them rule us. Right? So revelation number one is be content. Awesome. So Revelation number two, rest in peace. Now, no, I don't mean rip and like lay down and die because your situation's so bad. It's not what I mean. I literally mean rest in peace. So Psalm 23 verse 2, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. God leads us beside peaceful streams. He lets us rest in those meadows. He doesn't lead us to the tumultuous times. He doesn't lead us to the bad stuff. That comes as part of life. Jesus says, in life you will have many troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. God promises to lead us beside peaceful streams, not to the, tri not to the trials and troubles. If we can learn to look beyond the dire situation or the situation, it might not even be dire. We just might not want to be there. We might have this idea in our head that we should be here, but actually we're here. 
If we can learn to look past that and look to the green meadows that He promises to lead us or the peaceful streams, we can rest in that promise and trust that things are going to be okay. It's just like Pastor John was saying a moment ago, trusting in Him actually lets us look above our situation and above our circumstance and know that everything's going to be okay. I saw that, Gavin. Thank you. Fan me out. Fan me out. In youth, I'll just clarify this. <laughs> it's a bit weird. In youth, we have this thing that if the preacher is saying something good, we fan that flame. We get those coals burning higher. So if I'm saying something good and you're liking it, don't be afraid to just fan me it family let those flames yes Arnie Cheryl yes you know church isn't meant to be quiet and church isn't meant to be boring church is I'm sharing something with you because God has something for you so um get excited you don't have to be like oh yeah that's great that's really interesting get excited guys this is really interesting anyway rest in peace revelation number two revelation number three seek wisdom psalm 23 verse 3 he renews my strength He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to His name. Now you might be like, that doesn't mean anything about wisdom. What are you talking about, crazy lady? But the direction we go when we follow Jesus always brings honour to His name. And He is the source of wisdom. But we can only actually be guided by Him if we're looking to Him. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, you've probably heard this one before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. So our own understanding is a little bit scant, if we're honest. He's the source of wisdom. If we lean on His wisdom, we will actually have that breakthrough and we'll be able to to do the things that we need to do with His strength. In Matthew, Jesus tells a parable of the three servants, or you might know it as the parable of the tenants, or the talents, sorry, not the tenants, that's something different, parable of the talents. There's this master and he gives his three servants some coins. He gives one servant one, one servant five, one servant ten. So you've got minimum wage guy, medium wage guy, CEO guy, right? Minimum wage guy goes and buries his money. He's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose this. Don't want to do anything wrong with this. Better bury it, keep it there. Don't let anyone touch it or steal it. Medium wage guy goes and invests it. Go and puts it somewhere, takes a little bit of a risk. And CEO guy, 10 talents guys, goes and invests that as well. Anyway, these servants come back to the master and show them what they've done with his money. And obviously, CEO guy, medium wage guy who've invested theirs have made a profit. But the minimum wage guy who was like, I better not do anything with this. Don't want to lose it. He didn't do anything. And the master congratulated the guys who'd taken a risk, who'd, who'd sought to do something with what they've been given. And he said, you're an idiot to this guy who did nothing. He's like, I gave you something and you just sat on it. And what I believe this is telling us is we are actually called to be good stewards of the wealth that we have. It doesn't matter whether it's lots or little, but what we do with it and where we let it go is really the key here. So by seeking Him, by seeking God, we can be guided to make good decisions, to be generous and not be stingy, to look to Him, to trust Him, to be wise with what we have. And in doing so, we honour His name. So when we honour God with what we have, whether that be lots or little, that is seeking wisdom. So Revelation number three, seek wisdom. Revelation number four, fear not. Let's all say that again. Fear not. not. Oh, you sounded a bit afraid when you said that. Say it again without fear. Fear not. not. 
There we go. So good. Psalm 23 verse 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You are covered. You are protected. God promises that. Like who knows that sometimes looking at your bank account is a little bit valley of the shadow of death like. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there are some weeks. <laughs> I am God, thank God it's not just me. <laughs> uh, some weeks there are literally cobwebs falling out of your wallet, right? You're like, I mean like <laughs> crickets, little moths fly out of it. And it's always the same week that you have to renew your registration or it's always the same week you have to pay all of your bills or it's always the same week that you have to pay off your loan sharks or your drug dealers. And if that's the situation, we'll pray for you later. Hey, look, church is meant, is meant to be messy, right? Jesus didn't come for the... the this healthy, he came for the sick. <laughs> it's true, right? Look, whatever your situation, seriously, we will pray for you at the end if you need that. Um, but faith is about facing reality without being discouraged by it. Let me say that again. Faith is about facing reality, but not being discouraged by it. Simon preached a message a little while ago, which really stuck out to me, saying faith is about facing the facts, but believing the truth. And who knows that God can change any situation. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid because you are there with me. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever. The antidote to fear is to focus on God's presence. Realise that God is with you. When you're afraid to go after the dream that God's given you, or you're a bit worried about your bills versus your bank account because they don't match up, or you're a bit anxious about the investment or the deal or the, the thing you're going to pay for, some purchase you're going to make, we need to focus on God in those times to look above. Again, look above. He says, fear not for I am with you. He's with you now. He always has been and he always will be. So fear not. Number five, he gives an abundance. Psalm 23 verse five, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Now, everyone say feast. Now, close your eyes and imagine a feast. Start picturing it. Every kind of food you possibly would could imagine. Your favourites. Like you need to unbutton your pants so that you can fit it all in. Girls, you might have already pre-planned to, to wear an elastic skirt. So, you know, yeah. You might be gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever your dietary requirements are, but there's so much of it, more than you can possibly imagine even. And now your, your mouth is starting to salivate. At Christmas time, my, um, the Rudiger side of my family has the most epic Christmas lunch. Like we get there at 12 o'clock and we get appetizers and champagne and then lunch gets served at like three and it's got like no, goose and gravy and the stuffing, which is like a meal in itself. And it's so good. Don't, don't, yeah. And ham and this like 
Swedish fristosa, which is like this Swedish potato dish. And then there's like this, oh my gosh, I could go on for ages, but it is a feast. And then we have dessert and that comes out at like seven o'clock because we need to digest all of the other foods. And oh, there's prawns as well. Oh my gosh. God's feast is bigger and better than that, right? So anyway, I've painted a pretty big picture here. Now I want you to imagine that feast that you had before in your mind's eye with the salivation and the stretchy pants. Imagine that same feast, but this time you're surrounded by a pack of lions or all of the serial killers in history. <laughs> or your, whatever your enemies are. <laughs> all of a sudden that feast looks a little bit different. <laughs> I have written down here, or if it's Kelvin Bin's The Labour Party. <laughs> Kelvin's not here today. You can listen to that on the podcast, Kelvin. We miss you. Anyway, <laughs> sometimes, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> sometimes we have the biggest feast right in front of us, but all we can focus on is the hordes of enemies that are around us. Sometimes we can have the biggest abundance right in front of us, but all we can focus on is all the hurdles, all the barriers, all the bills, all the stress, or anything else that's around us, and we actually overlook what God has given us. Jeremiah 17 verse 8 says, Blessed are those who trust, gee, this word is coming up a lot today, trust in the Lord and have made their Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that are deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Those who trust in God, who don't look at the situations around them, but trust in God, are planted. Their roots go deep. They never stop producing fruit. It doesn't matter if it's a hot day or if it's a season of drought. They know that they will continually be provided for by the God who is their provider. Revelation number five, He gives us an abundance. Number six, we are promised eternal goodness. Psalm 23, verse 6. I like that little woo out there. Good on you. Woo. (laughs) Can be more excited than that. Woo, eternal goodness. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that was way too. (sighs) Cool down, cool down. God doesn't just promise to hold our hand through the tough times. He promises to pursue us, to go after us, to be with us, to shower us with love and goodness every single day for the rest of our lives and forever, eternity, never and ever again. Amen. That's a long time. That's a really long time. It's not just in this life. Like Phil was saying earlier, wow, have we been listening to the same spirit? Not just during this life, but eternity. And similarly, not just in eternity, but during life now too. God promises us eternal goodness, not eternal badness, not eternal struggle, but eternal goodness. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to the fullest, not to the scarcest, but to the fullest. Now, the one common denominator in all this. So if you're counting, you might be like, that's six revelations. We're just doing six. You get a bonus one today. 
you got more bang for your buck. The one common denominator, Revelation number seven, is seek him. Seek him. Can I get the band to come up? I need your help for this one. Seek him. Matthew chapter six, verse 25 to 33. This is Jesus talking here. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. I need to listen to that one. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field, how they grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear or how shall we pay our bills or where will we get the next money from? The pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all those things that you'll worry about, your food, your drink, your money, your clothes, your status, your importance, all these things will be covered. The truth is, Unless we seek Him, all of the above points, the first six revelations are completely benign and quite frankly, impossible to achieve. It's impossible to be content without Him. It's impossible to know peace. The number one way to shift your finances is to shift your focus to be not on your finances, but on Jesus. Let me say that again. The number one way to shift your finances is to shift your focus to not be on them, to not be on your finances, but to be on Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Unless we seek God first, It is impossible to be truly content with what we have. Unless we seek God first, we can't know true peace in the face of trouble. Unless we seek God first, we will never have total wisdom. Unless we seek God, if we seek God first, we need not fear because His perfect love casts out all fear. When we seek God first, we allow Him to give us abundance according to His riches, not our own. And when we seek God first, we won't just have these things now, but we will have them eternally with Him in heaven. If you're standing here today and you don't know God, or you might have never sought to find Him, you might have never even thought to find Him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a decision in a minute to let Him into your heart, to let Him into your life, 
and to ask Him to guide you on this journey of life. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door to our hearts and just knocks, just waiting for us to let Him in, to let Him in so that He can fill us with His power and His Spirit to start to change and transform our lives and our situations so that we can live our best life, to do things that are impossible to do unless we have His power. Or maybe you've been coming to church for a really long time You might have heard stuff like this before. You're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. But actually, you know that you've stopped seeking Him first. If you're one of those two people, I'm giving you an opportunity in a minute to to turn your eyes to Jesus, to seek Him, to choose to follow Him. So if we can have every eye closed in this space, just look away to Jesus. Don't look to your left or right. Give us all space. If that's you this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to look to Him, or if you have before but you know your focus has shifted off of Him, or maybe you're a third person and you just aren't confident that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. If you're one of those three people on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as a sign to God that you're making a commitment to Him and I'm going to pray with you. So if that's you... On one, two, three. Just raise your hand. It's so good. That's awesome. I see that hand. You can put it down. If that's you today and you know you need to switch or shift your focus back on Jesus, it's a really awesome step. So good. Let's all pray this prayer together might be your first time, even if you didn't raise your hand or even if you know you need to pray this in your heart and you didn't raise your hand. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died for me to pay the price for all the bad things I've done and for the bad things I keep doing. Today, I ask you to come into my life I choose to follow you, to fix my eyes on you and to trust you with my whole heart and mind. Thank you for loving me and for giving me all I need. Amen. Amen. So good. Let's lift up a praise offering to God. If that was you, And maybe you didn't raise your hand or maybe you did. I'd love you to come down after the service and we can pray with you. Or even if you need prayer for financial breakthrough, things just aren't going great for you. I don't have the skills, but I have the God who can bring the breakthrough. So if that's you and you need a shift in some area of your life, I'd love to pray with you after the service. So don't be afraid. Thank you so much.